0: This is Help Wanted, the show that tackles all the big work questions you cannot ask anyone else. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine.
1: And I'm New York Times bestselling author and money expert, Nicole Lapin.
0: The helpline is open.
1: The idea of developing a personal brand has really exploded in recent years, as social media has. Most people will tell you that a personal brand is only important for entrepreneurs who are at the face of their companies. But that is not true. Think of your personal brand as a strong reputation rooted in your strengths. Who doesn't want that? You can see why that would be beneficial in advancing within any industry. Today, Jason and I are talking to a listener who wants help rebuilding their personal brand. And we phone a friend, Aliza Licht, an incredible marketing guru who just put out her second book, On Brand. Aliza takes our listener through an exercise that, honestly, anyone can do at home. You can do it to build your strong reputation and advance in your career. Maybe that's you. So here's our conversation.
0: Chris, welcome to Help Wanted. Hello, thanks. Thanks for having me.
1: What's your question?
2: So my question is about rebranding like if you were to enter a certain industry and you want to shift or pivot, would you attempt to rebrand entirely or would you bring this new brand into the existing image?
1: Mm, this is such a good question. Uh, I'm assuming this is something you're experiencing right now yourself. <laughs> yes. You're not just esoterically <laughs> wondering around the philosophy of branding. <laughs> no, no,
2: I've been thinking about this.
0: And to be clear, when you say brand, you're talking about you, you're rebranding you, correct?
2: Yes. About a decade ago, I started Blackanista, essentially, as this, it was almost like a joke, because I was very interested in fashion. And I was like, okay, well, this off fashionista. And I wanted to go into fashion design, which was fine. And then I started to transition into animation and visual development. And I almost feel like the people who would follow Black Anista under the assumption of it being you know, fashion related or very fashion heavy, and then they get like animation and just things that they weren't expecting. I didn't know if it would be worth trying to bring in that artistic side to Black Anista to the point where it's like, okay, so I'm an animator, but I'm also interested in fashion? Or do I try to rebrand so that someone who sees it would it like immediately know, oh, this is what I'm leaning into.
1: Just to clarify, a Black Anista is a social channel?
2: Yes, it was the handle I shifted to for pretty much all social media.
0: I see, so I was gonna ask the exact same question. So just, just so that we're all clear, we understand what we're talking about, Black Blackanista is not a company per se. No. It is your personal brand. So you are in the world and presenting your work under the label Black Anista. Yes. Got it. So that's the thing that you're wondering about, whether to rebrand or how to do it, because it started as one thing, but now it slash you, which is complicated... But this is what personal branding is, complicated, is shifting into other work. Mm -hmm.
1: And one more clarifying question. So on that social handle, are you selling anything?
2: Not in the sense of like someone interacting with it and there being an immediate product, but more on the side of like commissioned art.
1: Art? Wait, where did art (laughs) come from?
2: Well, that's what I mean with the whole, the, the shift and pivot. Because when I initially did it, I wasn't posting things like that. It really was just like, oh, well, I'm interested in fashion, so I'm going to talk about it here. And then when I started leaning into, okay, I want to do the business aspect of it, at the same time, I also shifted into animation.
1: But the way you made money was commissioned art. Yes. And you would get leads from your social posting. Yes. Okay, got it. This is very, very... Personal brand heavy, and we thought our favorite person on this topic would be a wonderful person to dig into this and help you navigate it. Aliza uh, Licht, friend of the show, brilliant brand builder, uh, the author of brand new book on brand run, don't walk and get it. Aliza, welcome to Help Wanted. Thanks for helping us and Chris.
3: Oh my God! Well, I'm so happy to be here, Nicole and Jason, and Chris. I am so happy to see you because. I know Chris from a decade ago from Black Anista on Twitter. Oh, so cool. I didn't even know that you pivoted into animation.
1: Well, and so for our audience, who might not also know all the amazing things that Eliza does. She is one of my favorite humans on the planet. She was also the brilliant force behind and YPR Girl um, and wrote a first book, Leave Your Mark. And so she's been super like all in early Twitter. So I'm not surprised that you've come across him because you're on the pulse of anybody cool. And Chris, you look and sound pretty cool. So that tracks.
3: In <laughs> fact, what Nicole mentioned of my former life as DQYPR girl was an entity, kind of like Black Anista, right? I remember tweeting with Black Anista back when I was tweeting as DQYPR girl. So I think of it more as an umbrella brand, And you can be Black Anista as your handle, and then your name could be Chris McIntosh. You you can connect the dots between a brand and your actual persona. I think it's important to build equity with those two things together, right? Unless you want to be anonymous like I was back in the day, and no one knows who you are, which lasts for a period of time, and then eventually everybody knows, right? (laughs) So, so I, I think you know one of the first exercises in on brand and is like, well, what do you want to be known for? And you don't have to niche down to like a singular thing. So, honestly, the Venn diagram exercise that we all know from good old marketing is the best way to visualize your content buckets. And like, so fashion is one circle, right? And animation is another circle. And what is that sweet middle spot? Because When I think of animation, I think of lines, I think of curves. When I think of fashion, I think of lines and curves, too. So there's definitely a through line between both of those interests. But I think, you know, your skill set, the experience and the skill set really is something that you can bring into different mediums. So the question becomes, what is the goal of your personal? Because everything you do needs to be in service of that. So for example, if you were going to say, well, I want more clients, I want more commissioned art, then we need to start seeing your work, right? So when you think about where you're actually putting that work online, do you have a website or a portfolio that you are actually showing your work right now?
2: I don't. So I need to really consolidate the work that I've been doing over the last couple of years and future projects and have a spot that people can see. So like my identity is linked to that.
3: Yeah, and I think, listen, this is all low-hanging fruit, right? So I think first and foremost, understanding your content bucket. So like the Venn diagram exercise is really helpful so you can connect the dots between those two worlds. But then it becomes a question of, do you have examples of your art in the fashion space? Also or only in like a certain genre?
2: I did have fashion designs out there. Um yeah, in, like the early when I was initially doing stuff on Twitter, I did occasionally post things.
1: Can we do that Venn diagram exercise actually, Elisa? Do you mind walking Chris through
3: that? Absolutely not. Okay, so Chris, you got a little piece of paper and a pen. You do. pen, great. I <laughs> sure, yep. <laughs> Okay. So if we do our first circle of fashion, let's think of five things you think of when you think of your point of view on fashion and how you like to show up as someone who speaks about fashion, draws about fashion, appreciates fashion.
0: So people can picture it. A Venn diagram, of course, is that diagram where there are two overlapping circles. So there's going to be two buckets of things and then some kind of overlap that we're going to identify. So you're starting to build that with the first circle.
3: Correct. And this first circle is just going to have a title at the top where it's like fashion. So, where does that show up for you, or maybe some keywords you can think of?
0: I loved the
2: design aspect.
3: What about other aspects like specific um, types of drawings or color or texture? Like, what do you like about fashion?
2: I really got into knitwear pretty heavily. Knitwear? And fall fashion.
3: Okay, cool. And when you were drawing fashion in the past, were you drawing it just sort of the actual product, like flat lay, or were you drawing people? Like, how did you visualize fashion when you did it in the past?
2: It was always people, like a figure study of sorts.
3: Okay. And did these drawings of people look like people in the sense of like very literally or were they exaggerate like a lot of times in fashion when people sketch they draw exaggerated versions of people so they're super tall or their their proportion is off like what was your style of drawing
2: I I had that exaggerated in the very beginning and then I ended up shifting towards the more realistic
3: okay okay Now we're going to move over to the other circle, which is going to be anime. First of all, how did you get into anime?
2: I got into it basically. My mom was really watching it, and then I kind of linked into it that way. Eventually, I ended up stumbling upon it on TV, and was like, "Oh, this is this nice. How do I end up doing this?" And then I was like, "Oh no, like that's that's not a career path. Like I I can't do that." And then, as an adult, I was like, "Oh, this this is a thing I can actually lean into."
3: So. Animation and anime, when you think about your job in that bucket, what are some attributes that you think of? Like, how do you approach that art?
2: It's very conceptual and like you have your base concept and you build upon that. Um, For me, I like using very strong, like a line of action. So there's that and a lot of movement with transitions. It's kind of like the signature I have for that.
3: Okay, and this is all in digital, right?
2: For the most part.
3: Okay. Do you also draw animate? like do you draw those characters just in 2D? Yes. Okay. So we've got digital, we've got movement. Um, are things exaggerated in this space as well?
2: Sometimes, yes. it'll be like to you kind of do it in a sense that to give motion because if you did it literally it would be it would end up coming off stiff.
3: Okay. Great. So, and you're drawing people, characters, animals, like what is your...
2: It's mostly people. So
3: now when you look at both sides, both circles, is there anything that you've written down that is a shared attribute? It is both in fashion and it is both in animation or anime.
2: I feel like this, the digital aspect and the exaggerated forms definitely show up in both and it's probably a big part of why it seems so natural right? when I initially made the shift.
3: For sure. And there's other ways to also connect the dots. For example, you could connect the dots through a color story or a certain character, right? You could You could reuse the same type of persona to draw in fashion and also in anime. You could bring that person through. So I think in general, when you look at the center... And you visualize what, what both sides have in common. There actually are a bunch of things that they both share. So to me, when we think about your brand, and it all can live under Black Anista, if that is, you know, the umbrella brand that you feel most represents you, you need verticals, right? So you can have your fashion vertical of art and then you can have your anime version of art. And then you could actually add other types of animation if you wanted to do food animation or any other type of vertical. What connects the dots through all of them is really the design aspect of what you're doing. You're creating from scratch, you're visualizing something, and it doesn't really matter if it's Japanese art or if it or it's a look down the runway. You're, you're taking something and you're exaggerating it and you're, and you're putting your own point of view on it. So I actually think these things live in harmony together, but I want to make sure you see that too. Yes, I do. Yeah, I think
1: art is like the biggest part of the shaded diagram. It's, you know, actually what you're selling and what you should potentially think about leading with.
3: When we think in terms of shaping our narrative and what you want to be known for, that identity that you share on your Instagram bio, on your website, on your LinkedIn page, wherever you're showing up, needs to be able to explain that you are an artist and in whatever forms you want to describe yourself as, right? And I think this is really the low-hanging fruit for you because you have not yet if you had to think about the headline of Chris McIntosh, right? It's like, what would someone if there wasn't if The New York Times was writing an article about your art, how would they describe you in like a soundbite? That is what you actually have to work on, because when we look you up on LinkedIn or we look you up on Instagram or wherever you are, it should be really easy and clear for any of us, me, Nicole, Jason, anyone stranger, to know exactly how you think of yourself, right? So first and foremost, you're an artist, right? You're an artist who works mostly in digital and you have a love of fashion, you have a love of anime and probably a lot of other things, but you need to boil that into you know, 140 characters or whatever the bio length is for wherever you're putting that. So so that is actually one of the first steps after the Venn diagram is really boiling that title down so that people can understand how you're showing up and what you do.
0: Stick around. Help Wanted we will be right back. Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away?
1: Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that.
0: No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer.
1: Oh, well, in that case...
0: linkedin.com slash help wanted terms and conditions apply happy hiring ever after welcome back to help wanted let's get to it if you don't tell people who you are they will not know this sounds so simple and this thing that we're talking about right now probably for anyone listening sounds obvious wait a second You don't know how to explain what you do. How is anyone supposed to know? But when you are actually in it, It turns out to be something that you can very easily overlook because you spend so much time thinking about the things that you make that you forget that you need to communicate that to other people. And I remember in the early days of me trying to figure out how I brand myself, and I had recognized that for me, there was a big opportunity, a marketplace opportunity in being positioned as an expert in change management. I wanted to help people understand how to navigate change. And I was struggling to figure out why I wasn't getting more speaking engagements and why people weren't calling me on this subject. And I was talking to my friend, Adam Bornstein, who runs a consultancy, and he went to my website and he said, you know, I would never know that you're positioning yourself as a change management guy because I'm looking at your website right now and it doesn't say that. And (laughs) And I thought... Oh, wait, that's a problem. It mean, was the most obvious thing in the world. And I work with people all day who are talking about branding and I didn't think about it. You went to my website and it didn't at all say what I did for you. So here we are now, Chris, and you are thinking about all these things that you do and like to do, but you have not figured out the very basic story of how to communicate that to others, which feels like the project we need to tackle first.
3: So well said, Jason. And I have to say, this is, you're not alone, Chris. So we don't want you to feel bad that you haven't done this. I think, I think this exercise is daunting for people. It sounds like you said, so simple. It's like, how would you
1: not know? Yeah, it's simple, but not easy. And so anxiety provoking yes. I'm for all of us too. We've all been there. Yes. This is not like we figured this out. This has been like super easy. We say it, you know, I still practice this stuff.
3: Yes. And what do you want people to know as far as your services that you offer? How can they work with you? So then you get into a vertical of, well, you can hire me. I'm making this up to do films. You can hire me to do poster work, like, you know, print marketing, like all of the different mediums that art shows up in. Like, what is that list of sort of areas that people can, can commission you for? Because you can build this out. You can, you can do merch. You can put your art on a lot of different mediums. So you have to really think about like, what is, what is it that you're actually offering people as a service? Because I imagine it's not just like, oh, here's a piece of art to hang on your wall. The art is used in different mediums, right? And
0: when you're offering a service, what you're really doing is you're solving someone's problem. Which means that what you need to do, and this is embedded in everything that Aliza just said, is you need to think about how you're telling the story of yourself as it relates to other people. What's the thing that you do for them? One of the things I found really fascinating as an exercise that's worth thinking about is if you have a website What should that say? If you don't have a website, start thinking about what it would look like. But I'm going to just do a little trip for you down the internet here where you've got three people on this call who have websites that are designed to position them in some way or another. And I'm going to tell you the first thing that each of them say. You go to Elisa's website, elisalick.com. Shape your narrative, share your vision, shift their perception. You go to NicoleLappin.com. It says, control your money, master your, and then it kind of rotates between things, career, relationships, finances. Again, Nicole is positioning herself as, here's what I do and here's what I do for you. You go to my website. It says, change is inevitable. Thriving is up to you. I'll show you how. That was the solution to the problem that Adam had pointed out because before it said, I don't even remember, but whatever it said, it wasn't that useful. So it's worth thinking about. And look, these are, I'm sure Elisa and Nicole, just like me, have spent like a lot of time thinking about that language, and you're not supposed to have that language immediately. But you need to get to that kind of language for you if you want to be able to present yourself as a solution to others. So it's just a really useful exercise to imagine your face or your work or something of you on the front page of a website, and then what are the Three to eight words that are going to explain who the hell you are.
3: And to add to that, Chris, while Jason was talking, I I looked at your Instagram and your Instagram is an opportunity to show your work and... That is really important. So it's not just your website. It's like anywhere you are. So right now, even if you're like, you know what? I don't want to be on Instagram anymore. That's fine. Then let's delete that entire page. Because what's there right now is not serving your goal, right? Your goal is to get more commissioned art. So at the end of the day, our personal brands need to be in service of whatever it is we're trying to do. So right now, that Instagram page is not. And that's okay because these are easy things to do. The other thing that's like really simple is in your personal email signature. Every single person you're interacting with, that email signature is such an opportunity to brand yourself. And how many people do we know you guys that are basically saying sent from my iPhone, which is basically marketing for Apple or excuse my typos, which is basically saying you don't take care in the way that you communicate instead. Here's a link to my latest project for animation for X brand or check out my portfolio or you know sign up for my newsletter or listen to the latest episode of my podcast. Whatever it is that you're trying to promote, you need to deliver who you are in a silver platter. And on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on your website, we shouldn't have to work to figure out what you do. Right. You should be like, here is what I do. This is my talent. These are the mediums that I do it in. These are the genres that I work in. and this is how I can work with you and as Jason says, help solve whatever artistic problem you have.
1: And also Elisa, uh, I pulled up Chris's Twitter. <laughs> I would love to try to workshop potentially. The bio there says I have big dreams and a bigger appetite for cupcakes, don't we all?
3: <laughs> Very cute. but not serving the goal. So we don't know we don't know you're an artist. We don't know what you do and listen a lot of people on twitter especially have like these quirky sort of bios like netflix junkie swifty whatever but again if there is digital real estate where you can double down on who you are and the value you add and what your gifts are and you're not taking advantage of that like nicole just pointed out it's just a missed opportunity. It's not wrong, it's just a missed opportunity.
0: You know what I I like to think of with the the bios on social media? You know who gets to write a cutesy bio of themselves that doesn't explain themselves? The Rock. Rock, Which is literally, (laughs) it's so funny that you just said that. That's literally the page that I just pulled up as an example was The Rock. It just says, founder. And he gets to do that because everyone already knows what he does. And that's a lot of celebrities. You go to their social media and their bio is not explaining who they are because they don't need to do it. But until you become as famous as The Rock, you have to do it. We're all doing it and you have to too. What do you make of that?
2: Admittedly, I wrote that and I think, I don't know, it's been, it's been a lot, long time since I've updated that. As soon as, as soon as Nicole said that she pulled it up, I was like, yeah, I know <laughs> where this is going because I, I knew that I had that there still.
3: But you know what's great, Chris? Like Black Anista is very catchy and you have the handle on all of these platforms. So now you just need to exploit it and build it out, right?
1: If, if you were to, to just start over with blank, if Elon was like, I'm resetting all the bios, everybody has to write a new bio.
0: <laughs> that could happen. That could happen tomorrow. <laughs> it could happen. It could
3: happen. It totally could happen.
2: <laughs> and see, I'm not even sure because my mind just defaults to like, well, I draw a lot.
3: Let's start with that. And you know, it, I mean, it's it, it crude, doesn't have but, to even be okay. a sentence. It could be <laughs> words. It could be digital artist. It could be anime lover. It could be whatever. But, like, at least the words are going to help you progress in your career, right? Search is really an important factor in, in social media, right? How When people are looking for animation artists, those words better be somewhere on your bio or on your, on your page because they're also you're not going to come up. So I draw a lot, but okay, let's take a step further. You draw a lot in what mediums?
2: Mostly digital. Um, I lean heavily into character design and environmental studies, but I'd probably lean more into the character design aspect because that's what I prefer.
3: Complete the sentence. I am a digital character designer covering... Anime, fashion, I am a multidisciplinary visual development designer in
2: animation. That's already way better.
1: And how do you buy your stuff? Who buys it? What do you give them?
2: At the time that, and then I ended up stopping was I was on Tumblr, and I would post gifts of animation and fan art for. Uh, a manga that, or a book that didn't have animated series yet. And I just kept doing that and was tagging the series. And eventually the studio that decided to develop it, that's how I got the connection. And I know that's a problem because if one of the two studios that I had been working with in that capacity doesn't want to work with me anymore, Now I don't have a platform. So I know that I need to address that. And I just kept spending more time working on things instead of working on the the branding aspect of it.
3: But that's okay, Chris, because you have the work. You already have the portfolio of work. So now it's a question of just putting it somewhere so that people can find you. I think being findable and being able for someone to quickly see your talents are really important, and by the way, like there's nothing wrong with getting business via word of mouth and and through earning social capital and having people know you're good at that thing, and then they're going to recommend you to somebody else. But people should be able to know that without having to contact you or a reference, and that is what an online portfolio, slash social, slash LinkedIn will do for you.
0: As people think about this for themselves, a place they might want to go scroll around is LinkedIn. And the reason for that is because there's a movement on LinkedIn where people realize that a lot of titles aren't all that useful and names of companies don't say anything. So people stopped, a lot of them stopped using the place where you usually put your title and your company in in your bio because that's what will show up in the feed. And they instead just started describing what they do. And there's a ton of them. You just scroll on LinkedIn, you'll find that all over the place. I just went to LinkedIn as we were talking just to find a couple. So here's a guy named Jeffrey Klein. Um, his, his, instead of a title, what it says is, I help brands connect with their audiences to drive business through visual storytelling. Great. Here's Gene Kang. It says, I empower people to land and thrive in program management jobs. Great. Sarah De, De, DeBoucher, sorry, Sarah, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. I am on a mission to help 1 million people globally experience positive intercultural belonging and inclusivity when relocating to a new country. All of those are so clear statements of exactly what this person does. And it's way more useful than a job title in a company anyway. Because now, if I, you know, I somebody a long time ago told me that the very first question anybody asks about anything when they encounter it, whether it's a, a product or a person, the very first question they ask is, is this for me or is this not for me? and you want to make sure that if you are for someone, and look, nobody's going to be for most people, but you're going to be for some people, that you have enough information right up front so that the people for whom you are for see you and see your work and say, ah, yes, this is for me.
3: For sure. And just to take LinkedIn a step further, you know, the banner at the top of LinkedIn is a great place to showcase your work. Again, you're a visual person. Your, your product is visual. So like, we need to see what you do. We can't just read the words. So having, you know, posting some of your favorite pieces that you've done and, you know, tagging, you know, like picking those up as featured posts, like building out all of that, I think is really important. And one of the things that I recommend in on brand is that you do all of this yourself. Like it is very easy and you're digitally savvy to just like, Get a website on Squarespace or even the graphics that you need, you know, pull up Canva and and make some things to like fit the specs. But because this is an ever breathing, evolving representation of yourself, it is going to change a lot. So you really want to learn how to update yourself as opposed to relying on someone else.
1: So what do you have now?
2: I wrote down I'm a visual development artist working in animation as like the framework so that someone knows that, like, if they see this, they at least know that I'm an animator.
0: What would happen if it was, I am a visual development artist specializing in. Now go a step further. What are you specializing in?
2: In character design
0: or animation?
1: In an- character design in animation and fashion.
0: Yeah. Animated character design. I don't know. I mean,
1: fashionable animated. <laughs> character design. So Aliza, can you, can you give him what you would
3: write? Something makes me want to say, I bring characters to life through...
2: It could even be like, I bring your favorite characters to life through animation.
3: Yeah, it can. I think, you know, again, every single bio has a different character count. So, like, maybe you can expand a little bit in certain areas. Maybe for the shorter ones, you need to be very succinct, like you just said. But I think, you know, making the list of like the key words that like need to be there and then stringing those together. But I think there's definitely something to work with here for sure.
1: How are you feeling now, Chris? A
2: lot better than I did 40 minutes
0: ago.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Amazing.
0: Chris, can I, can can I offer a little perspective here that maybe brings us to a close, which is we started this conversation with you talking about needing a rebrand. But what I'm hearing is that you never actually branded in the first place. You put work out. And to the degree that people followed that work, they had a sense of what it was that you did. But you never really went through the process of very clearly defining yourself, which in a way is pretty good. It means that you're not going through a rebrand at all. You're going through the brand. You're doing the hard work now. And what came before was an exploration of exactly what it was that you did and what your marketplace fit was. And, you know, let's be frank, you don't have as many social media followers as The Rock, (laughs) which is fine. Good. That means that it's easier to pivot. It's hard for The Rock to pivot. If The Rock woke up tomorrow and he wanted to be known as a ballerina, it would take a lot of work. But, you know, you start telling your story and then people will follow. And don't be so caught up with whatever came before. Because... Frankly, you didn't tell that story as strongly as you could have anyway, which means that you get to start again now.
3: I love that summary. It's perfectly said. And I think this is an exciting opportunity, Chris, because really we started this conversation with you thinking that you had to choose between two areas of interest. And actually, right. that was never really the problem.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's made it so much easier. <laughs>
0: Help Wanted is a production of Money News Network. Help Wanted is hosted by me, Jason Pfeiffer.
1: And me, Nicole Lapin. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. If you want some help, email our helpline at at moneynewsnetwork.com for the chance to have some of your questions answered on the show. And follow us on Instagram at Money News and TikTok at Money News Network for exclusive content and to see our beautiful faces. Maybe a little dance?
0: Oh, I didn't sign up for that. All right.
1: Well, talk to you soon.